upon the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hey, well, good morning, church. Hey, it's a great day to be here at Edinburgh. And uh, if you are a guest, I want to give you a warm welcome as well. And uh, those of you online, glad you're tuned in with us. Um, We are in a series right now called Strange Things. And we are looking at uh, these things that we kind of do as Christians, these things we do as a church um, that are a little strange. When we step back and and think about it, these things are are, are different uh, than from... Things that the world typically uh, does. But I was thinking about it this week. Man, I just think I look at the world and all the problems the world is facing and, and people who maybe are, 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 are walking down a, a, a path that is instructed by the world. And man, maybe, maybe we need a little strange in our life. <laughs> maybe we need some of the things that God teaches us in our life, because through these things, these things that are a little strange, man, there is so much blessing. There is so much more uh, for our lives, uh, and, and they are oftentimes pathways of experiencing um, just more of, of Jesus uh, in our hearts. And so today we're talking about one of those things that I, I don't know really of any other place where some, this topic is discussed or where people practice this. Um, this kind of belongs to us as, as Christians, and, and it's the topic of baptism, okay? Um, this morning we're going to be talking about, about baptism, and uh, just so you know, th- this evening we've got our baptism service coming up. would encourage you all to, to be there. It's, I, I think it's going to be our biggest baptism service that, that we've ever done, okay? And um, you're, you're not going to want to miss it, and, and maybe there's even some of you today that are going to want to get baptized after you hear the message um, this morning. Just so you know, Pastor Bob is going to be in the fireside room, so if you uh, have any questions, you could head that way after the service, but all you just need to know, let us know, you, you want to be baptized, and, and there's still time uh, for that. Just show up tonight. We're going to be showing up around 5 o'clock. Uh, uh, we'll start eating uh, around 5.30, and then we plan to start baptizing at 6.30, just so you know. Um, bring your own chair, bring your own uh, beverage, maybe bring, consider bringing a side dish or a dessert, something that you can share with the group, but uh, it's going to be a fantastic celebration tonight to see how God has worked in uh, these individuals' lives and this commitment that, that they're going to make before us as, as a church family, Okay. Um, and, and, and so uh, this morning we're going to talk about baptism. Uh, my hope is that the things I'm going to say this morning, maybe I should just preface it a little bit. I don't want to come across as heavy-handed with this topic, um, but this is a topic that is, is, is uh, important to my own heart, my own journey, um, and, and I, I just believe that that some of you need to be instructed 
and then even pressed um, to consider being baptized. Uh, the, probably the most common passage, well-known passage on this topic of baptism uh, comes from something Jesus said after his resurrection. It's something we call the Great Commission, meaning the charge that Jesus gives to us as his disciples. And he says this in Matthew 28 to his disciples. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So here Jesus is instructing his disciples um, to, to, to go make disciples and then to do what? Baptize them. Okay? So the implication of that is if you become a disciple of Jesus, you are to be baptized. That's what Jesus says. We become disciples, and then we get baptized, okay? Um, but why is it then that some of us have not been baptized? Why is it so many of us, right, haven't been baptized yet? Um, give you four reasons, I think, generally, why some of us haven't yet been baptized. And, and one is simply because some of us have never been instructed about the, the importance of, of baptism, some of you have never heard a message on, on baptism in, in, in your entire life. Uh, in fact, um, my wife, uh, she didn't get baptized in, until she was an adult. We had already been married, um, and uh, she decided to get baptized. Um, and I asked her, I said, you've been a Christian your whole life. Danielle's been a Christian uh, since she can remember. Made a decision very early on in life. I said, how come you've never been baptized? Well, she said, I, no, one had ever, no one ever taught me on it, right? Um, people had asked her if she wanted to get baptized, uh, uh, but she had never heard why it was so important um, to, to, to be baptized. And maybe that's some of us today, you just have never heard about the significance of baptism. And um, I just want you to know I'm going to take that excuse away from you today. Okay, because you're going to hear why baptism is, is so important for us. But that is, a, that is a common reason, and it's understandable. Okay, a another reason why people don't get baptized is because of their tradition. You know, some of you, you grew up and uh, you were baptized as an infant. Uh, uh, you were sprinkled, right? Um, as an infant, that was part of the tradition you grew up in. We have people, by the way, on staff. That's their story. They... They were um, sprinkled as infants. Pastor Joshua, you've heard Terry Steinmeier uh, tell his story about that, our operations director. And um, that's many of our stories, uh, I'm sure. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Is, is that really what the Bible means when it talks about being baptized? Another reason some of us haven't been baptized is because you just don't think you're ready there's this common perception, like, I need to be ready. I, I need to have arrived. I need to get over that sin issue that I find myself constantly struggling with. Or I need to learn more about what uh, the, the, the Bible teaches before I'm ready to get baptized. We're going to see today, is that really what the Bible teaches? Is that what the Bible says on this topic of baptism? That we need to wait to a certain point to get baptized. And then last, I think for some of us, it's just, <laughs> there's just a nervousness 
about uh, just getting in front of people and, and doing this thing called baptism, right? You got to get in the water. You got to get in front of a, a bunch of people. You got to get your hair wet. I think, I think some of it, here's what I'm going to say. Tonight, we have a large group. We're not going to be able to let everyone share. Normally, we have everyone share like their testimony, but we just have too many people to be able to do that. Tonight, and I know that one of the number one fears, you know what the number one fear is? It is public speaking. It is public. You know what the number two fear is? Death. (laughs) Some of you would rather die than have to speak. Okay, here's what I'm going to say. I say this a little reluctantly. If you ever wanted to get baptized where you didn't have to speak, okay, this is your chance kind of slip in, 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 into the group. The Bible doesn't say you got to give your testimony in front of a, hundreds of people. I don't want any obstacle getting in your way, okay, of, of getting baptized. Now, I know some of you are going, I had to share my story. <laughs> you know, that's not fair, right? I know that's how some of you, you feel, but the Bible really doesn't put any obstacles we're going to see this morning ahead of, 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 of getting baptized. So if you want to get baptized and, and, and maybe don't want to have to speak in front of so many people, this maybe would be a good opportunity to do that. What I want to do this morning is just answer some pretty common questions, okay, that come up on this topic of, of baptism. I feel like that's the best way to tackle this. Just I'm going to answer four questions for us. Starting with this one, What is baptism? Okay, what is it? Uh, You need to know, baptism is um, kind of a theological word that we use today. We kind of know exactly what you mean when you you use the word baptism. Uh, um, Or at least that you're referring to something, this Christian tradition, even though it looks different. Um, In different circles, But you need to understand that in the early church, in the first century, um, when Jesus is using this word, this is a common Greek word. Common everyday word. It simply means to immerse, okay, to dip. It's just, in other words, they wouldn't have used this technical theological word, have you been baptized? It would be, hey, have you been immersed? Have you been dipped? That's literally what this word means. It comes from the Greek word baptizo. Everyday common word that just means to be immersed. Be dipped. They would use it, for example, if they dyed cloth, the person was said to baptize that cloth and just dip that cloth in the dye so that it, it changes, okay? That's, that's this word. It literally means to immerse, and it's obviously in the context of of water that this Christian tradition of baptism um, started, okay? Uh, we get an example of that in, 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 in Acts 8, um, 36. This is the story of Philip who leads a eunuch uh, to, to Christ through the book of Isaiah. Uh, it shows that Isaiah points to Jesus as the Messiah. It says, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Now, notice they found a body of water, and he gave order to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch, what? Went down into the water, 
and Philip baptized him. When they came, what? Up out of the water, okay? The spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. So you see this. This is not a sprinkling. You just want to establish that. This idea of baptism, it's not sprinkling. There's literally, it's immersion in water. They had to find a body of water, not just a cup of water that they could sprinkle this eunuch's head with. It actually be immersed in water. So you'll notice here tonight that when we're doing baptisms, we're going to have people hold their nose, and then we're going to immerse them all the way under the water and, and bring them up out of the water. They are going to be immersed. <laughs> Okay, they're going to be dipped under, un, under the water. I one time had a, a woman who was fighting me as I was trying to baptize her. And she just, she didn't want her face to go under the water. And so I actually had to push her head under the water. And when I did that, her feet came up. So then I had to push her feet under the water. And eventually it was just like, ah, I had to get immersed. You got to get immersed under the water. This is, this is what baptism is. Literally means to be immersed under the water. Okay? This idea of immersion is significant. This idea of going all the way under the water and coming out of the water is significant. It matters. Okay? Paul tells us a little bit about this in Romans 6. Um, he, he says in Romans 6, starting in verse 1, okay, shall we go on sinning? So that grace may increase by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Okay, so here he's simply um, dealing with this idea that you can be a Christian and live however you want. He's saying, what? No. He's saying, don't you realize you have died to your old way of life and are now called to follow Jesus, to follow Yahweh? Someone, one of you just bought me a t-shirt recently. It said, not my way, Yahweh. Okay? I, I like that. Because that's what you're saying. You say, I'm not, he's saying, don't you realize, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple, you've been called out of the world to not live according to the patterns of the world anymore, but to live according to the pattern that Jesus has instructed us to live. That's what Paul's arguing here. Verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were, what's that word? baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized, immersed into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So what Paul is telling us here is that baptism is this, this picture of, of being in Christ, going into the grave with Jesus. So when you think of the water and you see the water tonight, you can think of it, it's a, it's a grave where our old life, our old self is being laid to rest. And here's the good news, you don't stay there. Because then baptisms would be a pretty bleak affair, wouldn't they? We just wait till the bubbles start, you know, and uh, <laughs> let's go home, all right? That, I don't think any of you would want to be baptized. The good news is you don't stay there. You come out of the water raised to live a new life, to live a new way of life. 
Okay, so to summarize the ideas of the significance of the water here, notice one, it's a, it's a grave of you laying your old self, your selfishness, your, 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 your sinful, uh, 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 I do whatever I want and, and live how I want, you're laying that in the grave um, to, to come out uh, alive, to live the way Jesus has called you. Okay, the water signifies a grave. Obviously, with this idea of water, there's a, there's a cleansing aspect to it. The water signifies being cleansed through the sacrifice of Jesus, our old way of life being made clean. But not just that. There's also a powerful imagery here of union with Christ, being in Christ, united with Christ. What happens when you go into water? You get, you get wet. You get saturated you're saturated, and you come out of that water saturated, and this is saying you are in Jesus' death. That's why your sin has been laid to rest. Your sin has been paid for, laid in the tomb through Jesus' death, because you are in Jesus. Your death, your sin has been paid for, and then you come out of the water united with Christ, receiving his resurrection life in you. That's significant. I want to be covered with Christ. Amen? I want to be filled with Christ. I want to be saturated with Christ. This is what the water is telling us. And this is what sprinkling can't convey. The baptism is just, it's not, it's not sprinkling. It's immersion. It's being immersed into Christ. His, his death, his burial, and, and his resurrection. Okay. So why does Jesus, this is my second question for us, why does Jesus tell me to get baptized? Why does he command this thing of baptism? There's really two general reasons. And the first is the more common one that we talk about, right? We say it is to make a public proclamation of your faith. Uh, Sometimes the way we say it around here, it is an outward expression of an inward reality, way of telling others what Jesus has done for you, telling the story of death, burial, resurrection, in, in Jesus. It's, it is. It's a public uh, declaration to let people know that you are Christianized, that you are a follower of Christ, that you have committed your life to him. That's why if you're getting baptized tonight, I encourage you to invite friends, family to, to see that. It's a powerful depiction of the gospel and you saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. But there is a second reason, a deeper reason why Jesus tells us to be baptized. Sometimes in our circles, we, we take baptism and we just say, well, it's just, it's just a symbol, right? It's just a symbol. And I don't disagree with that. Baptism is symbolic. The problem is not that it's a symbol. The problem is that in the West, we have lost touch with the power of symbols in our life and what they can do spiritually for us. So yes, it is symbolic, but I don't want anyone to lose sight of that the symbol that you do through baptism is spiritually significant for your soul and matters for your life. Uh, the best analogy I can think of, I used this last week uh, concerning communion as well, um, but it, it's, it's, it's this, this imagery of marriage. You know, when you got married, you stood at an altar and, or something like that, and, and, and you said, you know, probably a pastor, a priest maybe, uh, married you, and at some point, you said, I do, right? 
I remember standing at the altar and I said, I do to Danielle. And then she thought about it for about five minutes and <laughs> eventually said, I do. And, 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 and we went home, okay, married legally. But is that the ultimate depth of marriage? Your marriage hasn't been truly consummated. I'm not trying to be crass here, all right? But until the bedroom, you know what I mean? Some of you didn't make it that far, okay? But I'm talking about sex here. And that's where something significant happened. Yes, you were legally married. But it was through sexual union, technically, that the two became one. And I know some of us will say, you know, sex is, sex is a physical act. I, I don't, okay, sex is a physical act. But don't miss this. Sex is also a symbolic act. It is a powerful symbolic act of two becoming one flesh. And there is a power in that symbol that affects us very much spiritually. Which is why God, as a side note, puts strict boundaries around it. Not to be a legalistic judge, but to protect us because the symbol is so powerful what it does for spiritually. Two people spiritually being united. And by the way, we've made that mistake. There's obviously, there's grace. We know this through Jesus. That can be undone, but we do need to pray and ask for it because it's a very serious thing that happened through a symbol. That physical coming together was symbolic. It was a symbolic act of something spiritual Spiritually significant to becoming one. And here's what I'm saying. Friends, yes, are you in Christ through faith? Yes, you are. But do not lose the significance of the symbolism of baptism and what happens for you spiritually when you go under that water and come out of that water. It is doing something for your soul. Yes, it is. And sometimes we treat it, ah, oh, it's just a symbol. It's just, it's just a little add-on to the Christian life. Well, I would say you are still a Christian if you haven't been baptized. But I will say this, you haven't taken your Christian walk to the depth Jesus wants to take it. He wants to take it deeper. He wants to take you deeper <laughs> in a relationship with him. Okay, so this is the question, the third question that always comes up when, when you bring this up, okay? Um, the question is then, do I need to be baptized to be saved? And, and friends, can I, can I just have us back up for a second and just think about that question for a moment? Do I, do I need to be baptized? <laughs> As your pastor who loves you, listen, if you ask that question... I'm not going to judge you a lot. <laughs> I am going to probably judge you a little bit. <laughs> I'm not supposed to judge. Because here's what you're really saying. 
do I really need to be obedient to Christ? How can I do the bare minimum? <laughs> That's usually what's behind that question. Do I need to be baptized in order to be saved? Okay, um, now the answer to that question is no, technically no. You don't need to be baptized. We don't believe that. Uh, you know, if, if, if baptism saved you, I'd be inviting all of my unbelieving friends and family to the lake tonight and then take them on a nice little stroll along the water. And then just a little, yeah! <laughs> You're in. Baptism doesn't work that way. But it maybe is a little more complicated than we think, okay? Um, Jesus says it this, this way in Mark 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now, the key word in this is what? Whoever believes. It's our faith that saves us. But we do need to recognize that baptism is an assumption of what those who have believed will do. So this is the way I would put it. Baptism does not lead to salvation. But salvation does lead to baptism. Let me say that again. Baptism does not lead to salvation. Baptism itself cannot save you. That comes through faith alone. If you are saved, if you're truly a disciple of Jesus, friends, you do what your master, your king has instructed you to do. That's why James talks about faith without works. What does he say? dead. I, works can't save you, but faith without works kind of reveals something about what's going on in our own heart. Friends, if we're saved, we're going to do what our king has told us to do. We're going to get baptized. Um, John 15, 14, right? You are my friends. If you do what I command, okay? So I, I hope you're seeing, this is, this is more complicated than, no, technically, you're right. I still think people who don't know, maybe they've never heard the significance of baptism. I'm not saying people don't get into heaven. Um, but again, you don't have that excuse anymore. You're welcome. It's something that we're called to do. It's something we're commanded to do. So when do you get baptized? That's the last question I want to answer. When, when do I get baptized? I'm going to show you a bunch of scriptures that seem to tell us when we get baptized because maybe some of you are going, am I, am I really ready? Am I, should I get baptized? Like, what if I, 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 I mess up again? Or There's all kinds of things that can creep up into our hearts that want to get in the way of us getting baptized. We read this in Acts 2. This is Peter talking day of Pentecost. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, notice it's repent and what? Be baptized. 
Okay, the idea of repent. Turn from your old way. Turn from the worldly way of living. Turn to living for Yahweh, living for Jesus, and be baptized. Verse 41 says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to that number that day. So right away, they believed, they got baptized. Acts 8.12, uh, Philip preaches, but when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, what? They were baptized, both men and women. We saw this with the eunuch. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This is a man who just heard about the Messiah. And right away, Philip baptizes him. Okay? Happens right away. Faith, baptism. You read the story about Paul when he's in prison and then the, the, the prison walls come down, right? And the gates unlock and the prison guard there is about to, to kill himself because uh, in that day, you could be put to death if prisoners under your watch escaped. Uh, Paul shows up and says, hey, we're not going anywhere. And he tells this man about Jesus. And uh, we read that uh, in verse 33 of chapter 16. At that hour of the night, uh, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Um, and then immediately, he and all of his household were, were baptized. Notice it's, it's immediately. They believed, and then immediately they were baptized. This is the passage, by the way, that some use to justify infant baptism. Um, because it says he and his household were baptized. There's a problem with that, though. Look at the next verse. The jailer brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because why? He had come to believe in God, he and his household. So the household believed, which is why they got baptized. Faith baptism. Okay, friends, this is the general pattern. I know some of you, you know, you, you, you grew up in a tradition that practiced infant baptism where you were sprinkled. And let me just say, if, you're, if you grew up in that, understand, that's, your parents did that for you because they love you and they care for you. And they were told by their priest, by their pastor, this is what you do. You sprinkle the baby. Some of you are parents, and that's what you were told. So you sprinkled your child when they were born. Friends, you did that out of love. But at the end of the day, here's what you need to know. Biblically speaking, baptism is something we do after we have made a decision to follow Jesus. It's something that at the end of the day, you have to own. And maybe some of you, you've, you were baptized as infants. And that's what's kept you from being baptized. I would say, if there's any fear there of what your family might think, just realize that what you're doing is you are actually fulfilling the very thing they wanted for you, which was your best in your relationship with Jesus. 
share one more passage with you. This is Paul himself. Ananias leads Paul to Christ, or Paul kind of has already come to know Christ, but he needs some instruction, and then then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you, Paul, to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Do you wait? No. <laughs> you get up and you get baptized. And I think there's some of you here today, you got to ask yourself the question, am I really in this thing? Am I really a follower of Jesus? Am I really going to commit myself to this Christian life? If you are, I want to encourage you. You have an opportunity tonight to be obedient to what Christ has called you to and to get baptized. And again, Pastor Bob, he's going to be in the fireside room. He can answer any questions you have and show up. And we're going to be baptizing a big group tonight. I encourage you to join that, that, that group. But I'll just tell you guys, (laughs) most of you know my story. I was a wreck. I was a mess. I was so lost. My life (laughs) was, was literally on the verge of death. And then Jesus stepped in and said, there is hope for your life follow me. And guys, I did that. But by doing that, it wasn't just, hey, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. It was Jesus. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And you've told me to get baptized. And so I got baptized. And I'll tell you, I went home after getting baptism. I felt so high. I I, I didn't even make it home by the time I, I had already had thoughts and stuff that made me wonder, like, do I need to get baptized all over again? Did I squander my baptism? And I hate that because that's going to happen to some of you. And here's what I want to remind you, friends. No, by getting baptized, it doesn't mean you've arrived. None of us have arrived. Baptism is not going to help you be a perfect person. But here's what it's going to do. It's going to help you walk in obedience with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and take you to a deeper place spiritually that you can't get apart from being baptized. And so I was baptized, and I would tell you, I would not be where I'm at today spiritually if I had not been obedient in this area of my life. And this is why I'm passionate about it, friends, because I don't want to leave you hanging out there. (laughs) Saying you love Jesus and saying you're a disciple of Christ, but not doing what Christ has called you to. So take up the challenge. Be courageous. He died for you. He invited you in to experience his resurrection life. This morning, I think that's something we can respond to through baptism. So I'm going to call you to that if that's something God wants to do in in your heart. Amen? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask us to bow our heads. And I want to start by praying for those of us who have been baptized. That we would remember what God has done for us that we remember the commitment we made, the decision we made to be married to him, to say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. You are first and foremost in my life. 
Friends, some of us need to return to that and start following Jesus again because that is the commitment we made. And the good news is if you need to be forgiven of anything, if you need to be washed of anything, he stands ready to do that for you this morning. So we confess any sin. We say, Jesus, help us. Help us to be walking with you again, one with you again this morning. And others of us, we haven't made that uh, commitment yet. And God, I'm just going to pray that by your spirit, you would stir something up in us. It should give us the strength, maybe the courage, whatever it is we need. So that we can go deeper in our walk with you and experience that elevated life you want for each and every one of us. God, we thank you for all those who have made that decision and are going to be getting baptized tonight. We just pray you go before us. You bless that ceremony and you continue through Edinburgh Church to lead many more into a relationship with you. We pray this in your name, Jesus, and all God's people said, amen.